saying that uh, I'm really excited uh, to be able to lead us this summer, at least uh, for this very first topic uh, of being emotionally healthy. Um, I don't know about you, but when I first uh, thought about this topic, um, and this was proposed to us, initially in my mind I was like, great, a whole summer devoted to emotionally touchy-feely crap. Like, I'll be honest, like, I'm like, man, I just do not, this is not me. And I think uh, as a result um, of thinking that way, it's been kind of more apparent as we've had discussions, like, yeah, I really need that if that's my kind of motivation and thought uh, process toward it. So uh, I'm really excited, I think, to dig into uh, some of this stuff. And uh, I do want to make a note that our uh, source material for this comes out of a couple of different books. Uh, there's a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality and Emotionally Healthy Relationships. They're written by uh, a guy by the name of Peter uh, Scazzaro. He's the pastor of a church in Queens, New York, uh, called New Life Fellowship Church. And so there's a number of different topics that we'll be digging into this summer that all involve uh, this idea or this topic of being emotionally healthy. Um, In fact, let's just go ahead and take a look at Genesis 1, verse 27. It says this, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And to be made in God's image, it includes multiple components. We're not just um, made up of one piece where we're just physical or we're just emotional, but no, we're made up of social, intellectual, spiritual, physical, and emotional, right? There's five pieces that all make up the whole of who we are, and it's the way that we've been designed to be uh, created in God's image. And so, uh, that being said, uh, I do want to uh, start us with a little discussion. If you think about those five uh, areas, okay, just begin thinking about those five specific areas. You can think of them like five wheels on a car, and you're thinking, Rob, there's four wheels on a car. What do you th- there's a steering wheel, so don't forget that one. If you, yeah, it's, hey, it works for the analogy, okay? So just bear with me. Without one of those wheels functioning properly or at its full capacity, it ruins the car, right? You may be able to get away with driving with a busted steering wheel or a busted tire. You know, maybe it's not functioning completely properly, But in the long run, it's not only going to do damage to that actual wheel itself, but it's going to damage the entire vehicle. And so for us, uh, we really need to be considerate of uh, all five of those components of how we're made. So with that in mind, here are a few questions. We're going to spend about 10 minutes. Um, One thing I want to point out is at your table, uh, there's a few different, uh, I call them learning devices. You might call them uh, opportunities for distraction. So... Uh, I have Silly Putty, there's some uh, little pipe cleaners, some fuzzy thingies. This is intended to be uh, for kinesthetic learners, people who like to be, I'm super fidgety, this is the way that I learn, it's how I engage with people, I need to be like moving my hands or flipping a pen or doing something, and so uh, use an opportunity right now just to play around with that. Uh, If it's becoming a distraction for you, I'll take it away like a teacher. So... Uh, be responsible with it. At the end also, uh, I would like to continue using these throughout the summer. I think it'd be really helpful around our tables just to be, uh, to remain engaged. And so if you uh, please keep them here at the tables 
that would be fantastic. Uh, that being uh, said, here are a few uh, questions for us to consider. My computer will turn on. Here we go. Which of the five components do you believe are underemphasized or overemphasized in your life and why? Of those five components we talked about, where is there something out of balance, if you will? You can think of it like that. Second, on the list provided at the table, I spelled that wrong. The top 10 symptoms of being emotionally unhealthy, which do you display most often and why? This is actually something, if you were here last week, Bo uh, Banner, who spoke, talked a little bit about this, uh, this topic, these, these top 10 reasons. Uh, and so what I want you to do is just scan through those, uh, identify, hey, like, what's the one that is really kind of a problem or trouble area for me? Uh, and just let's just talk a little bit about it. And then lastly, uh, what might be one false layer or bandage God is inviting you to remove? Sometimes it's painful to rip bandages off, but it feels so good once you do it. All right, so let's start here. Uh, we'll come back here in about 10 minutes. All right, let's come on back. Let's come on back. Uh, I'm going to ask somebody to be vulnerable. Does anybody want to share what uh, they talked about in their table discussion? Don't all go at once, you know. I'm going to start calling names out. We're going to really make this like a classroom here. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Yeah, anyone else? All right, Eddie. I don't know. Is it true, Eddie? I think so. Yeah? Everyone agrees, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. That can be like such a tendency to... A lot of times, I mean, there's, there's such a, a, a deep layer of just not even being aware of some of the stuff and even the habits that you, you carry. And so it's funny that like when the question sometimes is posed, you're like, oh, yeah. You know, or uh, and I think in this case, Jenny was the one who maybe was like, yeah, that's, that's what's the problem right there, you know, and Jenny pointing it out. So um, I think, like, that's part of the reason why I'm excited about this, excited, I should, excited about this topic, because um, 
I know my wife is like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> why are you speaking on Sunday morning about emotionally health, like being healthy? Like, yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's just kind of funny how all that works out um, and how people can expose some of our blind spots that, uh, that we don't see ourselves. So, yeah, anyone else? Any of the other questions? Yeah. Somebody who, what is it, literally says is somebody who can look you right in the face. Mm -hmm. So you're, you know, it's like looking in the mirror only it's your wife. And your wife sees what you do all the time, you know. So you've always got somebody there to butt heads with or to, you know, challenge you or you to challenge her because that's what you do as a couple, you know. Mm -hmm. You grow spiritually together. You correct each other. You know, um, you rebuke when you need to. Then there's the rest of it mm -hmm. <laughs> that aren't married, that um, you don't always have somebody to, to stop you and say, hey, wait a minute, brother, wait a minute, sister, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to get to that and today. So what I was it's very important. Is, that's what's so important yeah. about us being with like-minded believers mm -hmm. as much as we can, you know, and just coming to church on Sunday for a couple hours really doesn't cut it, you know, we, and this is, I have worked at it, I need to make it a point to get with other believers, you know, on a regular basis throughout the yeah. week, you know, touch base, and, you know, let people know what's going on in your life, you know, let them touch back with you, and, you know, so we can keep each other in check. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, well, that's, that's actually one of the, your, your, uh, you saw my notes ahead of time, I think, because no, that is something we're going to get no into a little bit. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, that's really good, and, and uh, I don't want to give everybody all the spoilers, but we will eventually get to that point. Um, yeah, it's good responses. I appreciate you guys being open and talking through these things. Uh, throughout the summer, we're going to have opportunities just for people to uh, connect and to talk through uh, a few different questions. And so, uh, really, I just want to spend a little bit of time uh, digging into, uh, I guess, the, the preface of this entire summer, and really, one of the things that I've done uh, today is I've titled this message, if you look in your notes, it's wrong, I changed it, I've titled this message, uh, The Onion, and I'm not talking about the satirical website that's out there, The Onion, so, I have a knife, and I have an onion. Don't worry about this. So the reason why I've called this the onion is because a lot of times when we specifically dig into uh, emotional well-being, really peeling back the layers is a lot like peeling back the layers of an onion. At the top, you can see it's like all crusty. You know, this is a lot of times the, the face that we put on. It's, my wife got me a pretty good one, so it's not really peeling that well. But then, when you start to dig into it and you actually cut it, oh man, I'll try not to cut my fingers off. You cut it, there's tons of layers that are on the inside, right? 
there's you know one, two, three, four, five, all the way down to the core. Tons of different layers. And as you dig in, um, you're really kind of masking the, the physical with the skin, or what's going on inside you with the skin, but in the, inside there's tons of stuff going on. And the layers beneath are what contains the flavor, the ripeness, and once we really start peeling back the layers and understanding what makes us us, we develop greater self-awareness, and uh, it's sometimes accompanied by tears. You probably can't see, but I'm already starting to tear up because of these onions. So, so that, And that's really kind of a, a, a good picture, I think, of what it is to really break through those layers. There's, there's layer after layer after layer, and as you work through them, sometimes it's like ugly and painful, and it's accompanied by tears, but... Uh, God really wants to take us to new places and uh, expose some things in us that are going to create us to be the people that he designed us to be. In fact, uh, let's take a look at Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. Here's what it says. To put off your old self, which belongs to the former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires... Keep that in mind. Put off your old self. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And this, this verse here, this mirrors exactly what we talked about earlier in Genesis 1, that, that male and female, he created them, right? That's who he created. We were created in the image of God. So when we're putting on the new self, we're putting on the image that God has originally designed for us to be, to be and to live in. Created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness, right? We're putting on the new self, but in order to do that, we have to put off the old self. And this doesn't mean that we suppress what's going on internally, because in order to put off the old self, we need to know what the old self consists of. We need a greater degree of self-awareness. What makes us, us? So let's take a quick look at this uh, graphic here. Yeah, here we go. All right. There's a, there's a point in time when, as we're growing in our faith, there's a few different things that happen. We have a life-changing awareness of who God is, right? We come into the fullness. We come into relationship with Him, uh, it's, it's the beginning of that process. Stage two is discipleship, so you're essentially learning what God is, uh, is doing in you. You're learning how to connect with other people. You're learning what it means to lay down your life, right? Stage three is kind of like the beginning of that. It's, it's the active life, so it's serving. And then at some point, and this is kind of the main point in this graphic, we're actually probably going to bring this graphic up uh, a few more times throughout this, uh, these uh, topics this summer, but there's a wall. We run into a wall, and a lot of times people get stuck there. Sometimes it can be for months, sometimes it can be for years, sometimes it can be for 50 years. You just get stuck at this wall where really all you're doing is you're just serving, you're learning, you're doing those things, but really what God is desiring for us to do is to take us into new places, and in order to do that, it has to we have to reveal who we are to him and expose those, those areas of our lives. It's really essential that we do that. Sometimes that wall can, can manifest itself in a number of different ways. It can be in dealing with relationships with people, right? You have a, a really tough relationship. Sometimes it can be with your parents. It can be with 
your spouse, it can be with your friends. Uh, just dealing with those relationships can be really, really challenging. Uh, another time is you're, you're dealing with just uh, financial situations, right? You're constantly uh, in the process of figuring out your financial situation. You, never, you believe you never have enough. Dealing through that stuff. Again, whatever that wall is, it can be a number of different things, but once you break through that wall, God is really doing something in you and what you're doing, so the serving, the learning, the life-changing awareness that you have of God, it's not just something that's on the, the outside, it's not something that's physical, it's flowing out of the inside, it's flowing out of who you are, right? And so that's, that's really where stage five comes in. You journey outward. You're coming from a place of rest. You're coming from a place of understanding what's working on the inside, and that's where all this stuff is happening. And that's where you're transformed into love. In fact, uh, there's a verse that says that perfect love casts out all fear, right? Perfect love casts out all fear. That transformation is taking place, and you're embracing and living in that perfect love that God offers, So let's take a look really quick at the life and character of who Jesus was. A lot of times we have a tendency to think that uh, Jesus himself operated in a realm of complete and total selflessness. And that's kind of an accurate statement. To some degree, uh, it is fairly inaccurate as well. Uh, It's just as inaccurate, I would say, as saying that Jesus lived a selfish life. And I don't think anybody in this room would probably believe that. If you have read through uh, the Gospels, you see like, wow, Jesus really laid his life down for people. The selflessness character uh, characteristic is really kind of interesting. I personally believed this for a long time, but then I really started to think through it. And I realized, no, like Jesus lived in perfect union with the Father. God, Jesus himself, was fully God, 100% God, 100% man, who lived a perfect life, lived in perfect union with the Father, and understood the perfect will of God. So, in doing that, in understanding that, he lived out a mature and true, a healthy, true self. He understood who he was more fully than anybody who's ever lived. He understood what made him tick, He understood the will of the Father, and through that union, he was ultimately able to live out his authentic, true self. So it wasn't completely selfless, it wasn't completely selfish. The two maybe unhealthy ways that we look at sometimes, we looked at that, but really he lived out of an authentic, true self. So how do we peel back the layers and dig into living out an authentic, true self? Um, Let me preface this. So the three things that we're going to talk about here... um, This isn't supposed to be like a self-help guide to three ways to improve your life in 10 minutes and, you know, your life will be perfect after this. Like, this is something I think that's really important for all of us to really step into as we're walking through uh, the series, as we're understanding more about what makes us who we are, as we learn uh, and develop a greater degree of self-awareness, is that um, we really need to embrace this process And this is a lifelong process. Um, You can work through it, really have a a strong season where you're focusing on it, but then ultimately, you know, maybe it uh, becomes a little bit less, you become self-aware, less self-aware of what's going on. And then ultimately, maybe you need a refresher. So I I do want to point that out to you. The first thing is to pay attention to your interior 
silence and solitude. So silence and solitude. What's going on inside? And throughout the life and ministry of Jesus, there were plenty of times where he exhibited these characteristics. I've got a number of different verses here. Um, I'm not going to go through every single one of them. You can jot them down. But these are all instances when Jesus... He retreated from the crowds. He retreated from his disciples. He retreated from uh, uh, serving people because he knew that he needed ultimately to be at a place of solitude so he could have a deeper connection with the Father. So he understood the will of God more fully. There were places plenty of times in silence and solitude where he would retreat. He would go to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. He would uh, take time away from his disciples. He would... Uh, he would go on a boat ride by himself. He would do things that were essential to ultimately understanding uh, and, and looking inside of what was happening inside of him. And this is, I'll be honest, man, this is a tough one. This is one of the hardest ones for me out of this list of three things. And the reason why is because culturally we are so bombarded by messages and messages and messages day after day after day. It's estimated uh, that we uh, look at our phones on average 46 times a day. We consume media more than ever before. Uh, Nearly 5,000 times a day we're marketed to. Yeah. Um, I've I've heard a couple of different figures on this, but... uh, Receiving messages, so whether it's somebody talking to you, messages on your phone, looking at it, what we consume is on average roughly 200,000 messages a day that come in, we have to filter through our brain. 200,000, more than ever before. Uh, The average attention span is now eight seconds, which uh, I don't know if you know this, but that's actually four seconds uh, behind that of a goldfish. Yeah. A goldfish has an attention span of 12 seconds, and we, as human beings, have an attention span of 8 seconds. So finding silence and solitude is one of those things that is so difficult in an era where we're constantly bombarded by the world around us. So there's a, there's a few different ways that you can do it. Um, I'm going to share with you what I do. Uh, I don't know if, uh, if you guys have kind of subje- suggestions for how you do this, but Uh, One of the things I do is I find that driving in my car is one of those opportunities where I can literally just shut everything out and really just, okay, God, like, what do you want to give me today? What do you, uh, what do you want to do in me? How do you want to grow me? Who are some people that you want me to invest in? Um, And really just listening to what he has, just being and absorbing the silence that is around you. It's it's amazing what God can do in that. Um, Sometimes a lot of people will do it uh, in the morning, uh, before, when they wake up, they'll uh, sit there in their bed and maybe do that. That's not me. I, I'm like, talk to my wife. I'm terrible in the morning. Um, just grouchy because I need this coffee. Hey, it's amazing. If you get your coffee, then maybe that's a good opportunity to do it at a coffee shop. Um, does anybody have any other suggestions? Like, what do they do to find silence and solitude? Go to the woods or a river, hopefully when it's not flooded. Yeah, it's good. Anybody else? Like literally shut the phone off. Yeah, 
Walking? Yeah? That's good. Any, anybody else? Yeah, Josh? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, sometimes like being focused on something that's um, like that, like you said, like playing an instrument or doing something along those lines. Like one of the uh, Rachel hates it, but there's a there's a playlist on Spotify I listen to called Deep Focus, and it's good for when I'm trying to get work done. I'll just kind of listen to it, and it's it's mindless. There's no words to it. It's just kind of some instrumental, electronic, like, it's, it's really chill. But one of the things I've found is just listening to it, like, I, I have a ten, like an opportunity to just shut my mind off uh, and, and really just, you know, focus on nothing, if that makes sense. It's kind of weird. Um, yeah, so, anyway. Yeah, it's a few good suggestions. The, uh, the second thing that we can do is to find trusted companions. This goes along what uh, John was saying earlier. If you look uh, at the entire Old Testament, it's full of instructions regarding seeking counsel. Uh, in fact, in, in the entire Old Testament, it's mentioned 85 times. Seek counsel. Wisdom comes from it. Proverbs is, is uh, full of it. I think it's 46 times in Proverbs is how often you see uh, counsel mentioned and how necessary it is to have people and outside perspective who are speaking into your life to expose maybe some of those blind areas that you have. In fact, uh, just this week, uh, we were having, me and Jonathan were having a conversation. Uh, Jonathan Hupp's our pastor, and uh, uh, Aja Banner was there, and uh, we were talking about something that came up, and, and Aja chimed in, and she was like, hey, like, Rob, I don't know, like, if you've noticed this about your life, but this is something that I've noticed and it's kind of made me a little uncomfortable about that and I really wanted to bring it to your attention. Um, and uh, I'll tell you what it was. It's nothing really like, it's something that I've, I've I had to really sit back and think like, okay, I think I really do that. And the thing was, it's, it's like, hey, like I think that sometimes you have a tendency of overemphasizing or protecting your space. In a sense like, hey, like I have my routine, I have my things that I have to get done, I have my, my areas of life that are carved out already, and so for people to ask me to do things that conflict with that, it's almost like not giving them the time of day, or like no, like saying no too quickly to stuff. And, and so I, I just, I was like, immediately when she was saying this, I'm like, do I do, I do that? Like, do I really do that? And uh, immediately, you know, sometimes it happens when people confront you with stuff and you, you're like, no, I don't do that. That's not me. I don't do that at all. And then I re- after thinking through it, it's like, okay, I, could, I think I do that, actually. That, that makes sense. Like, I, in certain situations, maybe not with every single person, but I can definitely see, like, with her, with Aja, where maybe if she's asked me to do something in the past, that has been the case, where I haven't been, you know, uh, I'll say like compassionate or um, kind of open as to what's really going on, as to why maybe, maybe this isn't the best thing for me to do. It's just like a harsh, no, I can't do that. Like, okay, uh, that's something for me that was kind of exposed to me this week. And 
And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm the guy who's like talking about looking inside and what do we have to figure out. And, and these are things that I'm being confronted with. And, and it's helpful, honestly, to have people who can speak into your life, who can talk to you about these things that you trust, who are trusted companions, and you know they have your best interests at heart. Right? If it's some random person who's like, hey, you do this, it's like, okay, like, I don't know who you are. But if I know it's somebody that I trust implicitly, that I know has my best interests at heart, I'm definitely more willing to take what they say, not just to face value, but to really understand and, okay, like, that is something that I do. I realize that. Like, thank you for bringing that to my attention. So, help me all with, help me, guys. This is counseling for me. So. All right, number three, move out of your comfort zone. Let's take a look at Galatians. Galatians chapter 5, verse 24 says this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I read this, uh, I think to myself, oh, crucifixion is super comfortable. Yeah, like that's a really easy thing. That wasn't really hard at all. You know, those who belong to Jesus, like, I'm, I'm following Jesus, like, crucifying myself daily, like, I can do that. That's easy. Actually, that's, okay, that's, I'm being sarcastic a little bit right now. Crucifixion was considered, and still is considered, one of the most brutal forms of punishment that any human has ever endured, right? It is so brutal uh, in terms of just the, the pain that you experienced when you were going through it, that in fact... Um, people who were crucified, that uh, the Romans, the reason why they did what they did uh, for crucifixion was that they wanted to demonstrate to the world that ultimately they had complete and total control over every aspect of your life, including the very moment that you died. That was why they designed crucifixion and came up with that concept for it. Uh, crucifixion was brutal. In fact, a lot of times people think that you, you would die from um, just the trauma of, of bleeding or whatever it was. In fact, the reason why that most people died through crucifixion, it was actually because they drowned. Their, their lungs would fill with fluid and they literally would suffocate to death because of, um, and drowning is considered one of the most painful deaths that you can endure. So crucifixion was no joke. So when Paul is talking in Galatians about those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. I don't know about you, but I don't see that as something that's super comfortable at all. And dying to ourselves is not something that's comfortable. It's, it's, again, it's like the idea of peeling back the layers of the onions. It's painful. It's uncomfortable. Getting out of our comfort zone is something that's so essential and important. And when I first began this process of really uncovering uh, my own inner workings, it was incredibly difficult. It was just, it felt like day after day after day with those trusted companions in my life of just speaking into it. It's like, oh man, this is another thing I have to deal with. Another thing, it's like, do I really want to go through this process? But what's amazing is, looking back seven years ago from when that process initially started, it's like, night and day, the person who I was versus the person who I am today. And I'm excited because seven years from now, the person I'll be at that point is going to be completely different from the person I am today. And again, it's because I'm embracing this idea of being out of our, uh, our comfort zone, and that's so essential. I want to look at this quote by Augustine. 
This is what he said. How can you draw close to God when you're far from your own self? Grant, Lord, that I may know myself, that I may know thee. I just want to encourage everybody today, uh, this morning, that as we enter into the summer, the series of topics that we're going to be going through, uh, they're not going to be super jointed. Sometimes they'll feel a little disjointed, but embrace the process. Uh, Run to God, walk through this process with Him. And as painful as it might be, you'll come out on the other end and realize, okay, like, I really have grown. God has done something in me that's so powerful and amazing. So let's pray. God, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity of uh, being here and just connecting uh, with these people. And I just pray right now that as we engage in this process of becoming emotionally healthy, God, that you would just give us courage. Uh, You would uh, give us the courage and the boldness to really embrace what you have for us, that we'd be able to walk through these uh, really perhaps uncomfortable situations and areas of our lives, God, where you do want to unravel and unpeel uh, some of the areas that we've maybe suppressed. Uh, God, I pray that we'd find companions, people in our lives that uh, can uh, not only confront us, but encourage us as we walk through these areas. And God, as we're doing this, I pray that we would just find a greater degree of silence and solitude as we, uh, as we step into this with you. God, we thank you. We love you. We anticipate what you have for us from this day forward. In your name, amen.